for me, the most powerful thing that we can do is to let go of all thoughts that are trying to make us do anything. If you think you know how to do something, you're blocking yourself. I, I know how to do this. Okay, you might know how to operate it. Then just operate it without the thought that you know, because you got to be open for whatever else might come and whatever else you might, you might see, whatever else might be there, other ways to do things. I mean, sometimes, you know, people are doing the same thing for 10 years and someone walks up and says, why are you doing it that way? Why don't you do it this way? Oh, shit, I never thought of that. Why? Forest through the trees. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker, and author, Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights, and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hey, Gavin here. You love the audio format because you listen to podcasts. I'm a massive fan of learning through audio courses and books. What I particularly like about Knowable is that courses are short form, like a podcast, and expert-led, like an audiobook, with courses on leadership from the commander of the International Space Station and on startups from the co-founder of Reddit. Grab yourself 20% off with coupon code GAVIN, in capital letters G-A-V-I-N, which brings the price down to just over $3 a month. It's a no-brainer. Download the Knowable app or visit knowable.fyi. Use code GAVIN to get 20% off. Hey, Gavin here, and welcome back to the Business Mastermind podcast. Today, I've got the great pleasure of chatting uh, to Stephen. Stephen Kuhn, I think you're in Hungary, aren't you? Indeed, I am. Right outside of Budapest, small village, yes. Fantastic. So we'll hear about the backstory. So uh, Stephen is a combat veteran. He's a co-author. He's a prolific creator of content. He's a business investor and has got some fantastic uh, tales to tell and really valid experience to tell about how he's helping people to scale and grow the business. So we've just joked. Today, we're going to talk about BS. We're going to talk about (laughs) building businesses and selling them. And of course, the buying part of it as well. So Stephen Kuhn, welcome to the Business Mastermind podcast. Thanks so much. Oh, it's, it's a it's a it's a nice twist on what we're going to talk about. I like it. It's it's not just the book or it's not just M and A. It's it's both. I like that. That's, that's yeah, great. yeah, because they go hand in hand. They do absolutely. And I um you know uh, had the earbuds in recently, listening to the book and thoroughly enjoying it. Um, very well written, actually, Stephen. If I can <laughs> offer well, you that I want to tell you a secret. I want to tell you the secret. All the books I've ever written, <clears throat> it's interview format. Oh, right. Okay. Because, yeah, because if if you're writing a book from your own mind. You have your highlights that you think are highlights. And I realized this one time when I was telling a story to someone and I was telling a story and they're like, well, what did you just say? I'm like, what? You said that thing. I'm like, what thing? That thing. That thing that I blew over was a whole chapter. Right. That I never would have written because I have my own view. So I love doing it from the outside because they they dig really deep and ask you questions that you would never ask yourself. And that's why all that my, my first book was in German, actually, in Germany. The bestseller to this, that was in 2003. I did it the same way. Yeah, yeah. And it's a hugely efficient way of doing it from your own time. Oh, yeah. And then they, they, they record it, send the transcripts to rev.com. Yeah, they yeah. print them out. I send them to our editor. She types it into a book, sends it to us. We look at it. Yep, yep, yep. Change this. Da, 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 da. Send it back. Edit. Done. Phenomenal. Love yeah. that as a, as yeah. a book writing strategy. It's yeah. the years it took me to do all of that myself in terms of well, literally tapping book, away. This book, Humble Alpha, Unleash Your Humble Alpha, is what we're talking about now. That, um, that took a year. Yeah. Because it wasn't our knowledge that we were dumping. It was our experience that we needed to turn into a format. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was really difficult. So it was a story, a lesson from the story, and then action steps to get to know what to do to unleash your own personal alpha, to unleash your own personal humble alpha. Sure, 
Sure. So let's just rewind a little bit about your sort of uh, career background and your journey. You um, you joined the military from college, from school? High school. From high school. Yeah. So um, if you just wanted to show the, uh, the listeners a little bit about your story then. about Yeah, sure. I, you know, I was, I was born and raised in central Pennsylvania. We call it Pennsylvania, like, you know, Kentucky, <laughs> sort of hillbilly. And, um, you know, I, I joined the army right out of high school, 10 days after high school, I left for Fort Knox, Kentucky, went to boot camp and training there. And then I went, I was shipped out to Germany where I was stationed and on the border, you know, we did border patrol and the wall was still up. People forget that I'm old. Yeah. So that was in 1986. Uh, and I did, I did a, a tour in Iraq and during desert storm, went back to Germany and got out and stayed in Germany as a civilian. Okay. After, so, so I, I never went back to the States. And I've been here ever since. And I've worked my way. You know, I got out. I was a security guy. Then I was a bodyguard. Then I had my own cocktail bars. And then I had a nightclub. And then I did. And then I did insurance. I worked at the airport. You know, it was just all this, all this kind of anti-terrorism. And then I went back into the business. And then I got uh, head headhunted by a company to bring a corporation from South Africa to Germany. I was like, sure, why not? I was a bartender at the time in my own bar. Seemed fitting that I could take a corporation to Germany, right? I had no idea what I was doing, but hey, if he trusted me, then I must be able to do it, right? Love that. And and that's sort of where that filling the space that we're that we're given comes from, you know. And when we talk about that, it's like a goldfish. You put a goldfish in a bowl, it'll get an inch big, but if you take it out and put it into a pond, it gets about a foot big. Yeah. So we fill the space we're given. And at that moment, there's a person asking me to do something. I had no idea what I was doing, but he saw something in me. So I said, okay, and I guess I can do it. And I did. I took, I took the career opportunity. I crushed it, got headhunted by a British PLC, ended up running the European um, operations and development, including America for this British PLC, massive success, rose high, rose quick, exploded, got my MBA in Bradford, uh, you know, University of Bradford and uh, uh, then crashed and burned and everything and lost it all. Right. So wow. yeah, 2008 suicide attempt, homeless, done with world. Uh, ended up disappearing into a Benedictine monastery in the mountains of Austria and uh, hid out with the monks for a while until I found myself and came back out more powerful than I ever was before. Wow. And uh, built um, up my life differently since then. And what was the, um, and what do you think, what was it that triggered you? You have to have some meteoric ride, you had success in the military, success in your own business, and then in, in, in sort of corporate, big PLC corporates. Um, Things apparently going well. Did you get to a point of burnout or what? Yeah. what, what yeah. Just overweight, not happy. Had to, my first marriage was over. Just it was all go, go, go. Look at me, look at me, look at my car, look at my Amex, my black Amex, and all this kind of crap. You know, it was like it was like a competition. And uh, I just I couldn't deal with it anymore. And of course, coming from the war, I have I had the time I didn't know, but I had PTSD, so I was right. you know short fusing a lot, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And uh, self degradation and things like that. So I was basically killing myself. Wow. Yeah. And then, where was the inspiration for you to disappear to to the uh, Aust- uh, Austria to the? To, it wasn't the an inspiration, monastery. man. It was like it was it was desperation. You know, it was yeah. like I called my buddy and I said, "Look, man, if you don't come get me, I'm not going to be here tomorrow." Like I'm, I'm wow. cause I had just tried to, right. and he sent a plane ticket, flew me down to Austria. I got off the plane. He hooked me up, drove right to a monastery, dumped me into this monastery, told the monks to watch out and off he went. And it was the most amazing experience ever. And was the absolute opposite to what you'd been doing that clearly was burning you out and wasn't fulfilling that was sending you off down a undesirable path. So well, describe, describe what it's like when you arrive there then. Well, it was like this. Hey, Mr. Monk, how you doing? I'm Steven. Nice to meet you. These are my issues. This, this, and this. What do you got? 
You know, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> answer. Fix me right, I'm ready to do this, right? <laughs> He's like, um, go walk in the forest, son. I was like, walk in the forest. What do you got signs out there that I can read or what? What's going on? He's like, no, let's go ahead and swear. It took about two weeks for me to calm down. Wow. And they, they, they don't give answers. You know, they don't give answers to your, to your issues. They, they let you find them on your own. They might, you know, give you a little nudge in the right direction or whatever. And it turns out near the end of the stay, they were coming to me. You know, because I just went all in and it was just like, and then they wanted to know what it's like, you know, what it's like for me to come from there to this and that and that. And, and I started talking to almost, there was 80 monks there. I couldn't talk to all of them, but I, you know, I talked to a lot of the monks every day. Wow. Yeah, it was amazing. Amazing conversations. You know, it's also another thing is that when you have conversations with people who don't know you and they see you in a certain way, they have certain, I don't, I wouldn't even call them expectations. They have certain knowing that you know something. So they approach you and start talking to you. And it's like, of course, you know this. And because they, they, they feel that way, you do. And you end up saying things. And I remember I was in Germany. I'm part of a political organization up there. I'm sitting there. And one day, a very high government officials came in, even from the Brits, like, like very. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm here in a polo shirt and my shorts, you know. And they came into a private meeting where, or a private dinner we were having. And they're asking me all these questions about, you know, Obama and the debt ceiling and all this. Kind of, I'm like. If they're asking me, then I must know. Wow. Seriously. And I'm answering and, and, I'm, and I'm doing it and doing this and saying that. And they're like, okay, thank you. And I'm like, all right. I told my buddy, I'm like, dude, what was that all about? You know, did, did, you, did you bring me here for that? He goes, yeah. That fascinates me. That, that internal sort of dialogue. If they ask me, then I must know. Whereas yeah. so many people would say to themselves in that moment, well, I've got no experience in this. I'm not qualified to answer this question. And, but you, well, you come it. from you know that we're using this much of our brain and that we're, we're all connected to the content to the greater consciousness then i just need to tap into that greater consciousness of someone who does know and when i let it happen i honest to god they, they came back like four months later i was in there again and they said how did you know then they started accusing me of being cia because i was so spot on with what happened <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So spot on with what happened they didn't believe that it, it was just coincidence that i actually knew that out of my own power amazing and so from that point on i get you know i get asked and called and you know so, I, so in the youtube stuff that i've been watching of yours you talk a lot about your intuition and, and did you whilst your time in the monastery did you develop a, a practice that enabled you to hone into that to uh, to check in with that your intuition and get it clearer uh, you know i wouldn't say it was a conscious one but i did let go a lot so for me the most powerful thing that we can do is to let go of all thoughts that are trying to make us do anything if you think you know how to do something, you're blocking yourself. I, I know how to do this. Okay, you might know how to operate it. Then just operate it without the thought that you know, because you got to be open for whatever else might come and whatever else you might, you might see, whatever else might be there, other ways to do things. I mean, sometimes, you know, people are doing the same thing for 10 years and someone walks up and says, why are you doing it that way? Why don't you do it this way? Well, shit, I never thought of that. Why? Forest through the trees, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so what's your process for letting go of those thoughts that could get in the way? Well, first, I, I, I look at what thoughts are, right? You know, I mean, thoughts are literally based on the past, typically, and they're dictating our future. So when I realize that thoughts aren't even real, you know, for instance, you know, oh, man, it's cold outside. I got to put on a jacket. I want to get snow in my boots. I got to clean off the mud from underneath and I'm going to get to work and take, oh, man, it's going to pay. Didn't even happen yet. You're already upset. You're already negative, right? It didn't even happen yet. And you're already getting yourself in it. So when you realize that, you're like, you know what? Now it's going to be how I want it to be. Yeah, like, yeah. It's going to be how I want it to be. I want to walk outside. Big deal. It's cold. Like, can I change it? No. Well, then don't worry about it. Right. So it's those kind of things. You got to be real candid with yourself. Like, what are you thinking right now, Stephen? Are you seriously thinking about six years down the road when this and this might happen? Are you serious? 
You know, either you plan for something, right? And you make, you make yourself certain through the processes that we have in the book that you're going to reach that goal. And then you let go of the how, or you don't mm-hmm. worry about it. Yeah. Period. It's the same thing as expectations. Either you have an expectation and you verbalize it, or you don't have an expectation. Yeah. Because unverbalized, non-verbalized expectations are guaranteed letdowns. Guaranteed. Hey, Gavin here. You love the audio format because you listen to podcasts. I'm a massive fan of learning through audio courses and books. What I particularly like about Knowable is that courses are short form, like a podcast, and expert-led, like an audiobook, with courses on leadership from the commander of the International Space Station and on startups from the co-founder of Reddit. Grab yourself 20% off with coupon code GAVIN, in capital letters, G-A-V-I-N, which brings the price down to just over $3 a month. It's a no-brainer. Download the Knowable app or visit knowable.fyi. Use code GAVIN to get 20% off. So um, five five key steps to awaken your humble alpha. Um, do you want to take us through those five those five steps? Well, the, the, let's say the five key factors. I mean, there's there's chapters that we go through um, and, and key stages that we go through uh, for the humble alpha. But the book itself, it's it's more than five sections or five chapters or whatever you want to call it. I'm going to get this out to show it to you guys if I can find it. It's sort of it's sort of cool looking. Um, you know, I have one here somewhere. Oh, there it is. So this is our humble alpha book Great. marker that comes yeah. with, that comes with the original book. Yeah, I love that. And on the back you have the five, the five. Brilliant. Seven. And that's activate, activate your true identity, know who you are and how you interact in the world. That's the first thing. Who are you really? Not what you do, right? Not what you're wearing. Like I was a soldier. So what are you? I'm a soldier. Okay. Who are you? I'm a soldier. No, that's not who you are. That's what you do kind of thing. You've heard people say it. What do you, do you know who I am? You know, that kind of thing, right? Yeah. yeah I'm the CEO yeah. of, wait, wait, no, that's what you do. Who are you really? Yeah. What do you mean? And you'll get upset. And then Unleash is, is the next one. Unleash your purpose in life. Know what you do in the world that makes you feel alive. We call that the juice, right? You know, getting your juice, uh, finding out what your juice is. And then we have Empower, which is uh, create space and elevate all those within your life enterprise so all can step into their greatness. Creating space is by far the most powerful method you're going to learn in this book. Yeah. Creating space is incredible, privately, professionally, out and about, one person, 100 people. It's incredible. It, it really, really changes one. Anyway, momentum is the fourth stage, and that's amplify your purpose by igniting the fire within others with partnerships and investing in relational capital. So this is where you take it from yourself. You activate yourself, unleash your purpose, and, and create space with everyone around though, around you, you start getting momentum, then you bring others with you. So your team, your partners, your board, all these people, you start bringing them with you. And then it, it leads to one thing which everybody in this planet seeks and that's quality of life, fully enjoying mm. every moment of your life, no matter the activity, work or play. Love that. Yeah, yeah and, love that. And, and you know, if you hear it ever, at the end of every single video that I've ever done, I'm on episode 590 something right now. Um, I always say at the end, it's all about quality of life. <laughs> you know, every single time. I've said that thousands of times, every video I've ever done. Yeah. With your best voice over voice. There we go, FM radio. One <laughs> 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 of the things that you do to help, uh, obviously you, you live an example of the, the five steps of activate, unleash, empower, yeah. momentum, and then quality of life. Other uh, things that you do on a regular basis that help you keep that intuition alive and keep you with a, a living a quality of life that's um, 
that works for you and that works for the people around you? Well, it, it starts, it's everything. If you ever want to make a change, it starts with discipline. There's no other way, right? Discipline then starts turning into habits. Yeah. And habits, if you stack them and, you know, sort of James Clear method, the habits turn into routines and then the routines turn into you. Yeah. Right? So it takes some, some time. You know, everyone says you got to have discipline. Discipline is a short term. You know, that's, that's the thing that's going to give you like a boost. You know, it's like that, that'll give you a boost to get going, but you got to create habits or you're going to forget. I mean, and these habits are, you know, in the morning, you know, like everyone does their own thing. In the morning, I connect with my family. That's the first thing we do. We sit down, we, we gel, we hug, we kiss, whatever we do. And uh, then, you know, after that, I'll take the kids to school. My wife sort of chills out, works out, works, works out. I go to the gym and work out, come back. We have our together time, my wife and I. And then I start at about 11-ish. And I start uh, doing the, um, my work, which would be, in, in some cases, either journaling for the day or the week or whatever it is. Right. So these are all the things that I do. And, and that's what keeps you focused. That's, that's, that's what keeps you in line. That's what keeps you um, doing what you're doing. You know, I mean, there's, there's so many things that can distract you, constantly distract you. And you got to set, you got to set, you know, the, um, the precedence in your own life of what's important and what's non-negotiable, what's non-negotiable for you. I had a guy, a client on yesterday. He's like, how do I structure my day? I'm like, well, what's non-negotiable? Fill, he filled them all out. I said, okay, now you have to take gaps in between. That's how you structure your day. Simple as that. And once you get used to that, I mean, we, we scheduled like last yeah, uh, yesterday, Valentine's Day, my wife and I had a complete reset. Okay, we got we to gotta do this over. So when do we want to spend, spend time together? What days do you want to work? What days do I want to work? What times of the days? These kind of things. And then so I know that when I'm in my time, I'm in my time, right? I'm not in her time. I'm not cutting into my kid's time. It's just my time. And that, that way I can focus 100%. Fantastic. So that's how you create that. That's how you create that. Hone your intuition and hone it and always be, be flushing out the negative, flushing out the negative, flushing out the negative. I mean, I don't get negative. I had a guy yesterday on Facebook that was writing me something. The guy I didn't know it was, it was another military veteran asked me all these questions and how can you be disabled? Because I was only, I was in 25 years and you're only in seven. How's that been? And I was like, whatever. He just started to get negative. I was like, look, my friend, I'm sorry what your, your situation is, but I'm going to cut this. I'm going to stop this off right here. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Boom, done. Like, I don't tolerate any of that stuff, but I don't have to get mad about it. And what that does for me, even that moment, I'm like, okay, how did I handle that? Okay. Did I get mad? No. Did I get excited? Maybe I did a little bit. Why? What bothered me about that? You know? Well, it was him questioning me like I was in prison or something, you know? And that reminded me of certain, certain situations in my life. So obviously I haven't cleared that up yet. So right. I write that down. I need to go meditate on that or whatever. So yeah, it's like, right, it's right. constant. Every interaction, like I have conscious interactions with my kids. I'll look at them in their eyes. I will look at them, like pan out, look at their face, how much they've changed since a couple of days ago or a year ago or whatever. I'll look at the size of their feet and their, you know, their bodies. It's like, just to, to acknowledge for real that I see them. That's so powerful. Every day. Oh my God, it's so powerful. Because you suddenly, you're like, my daughter's a, a grown up. My daughter's fine. <laughs> you know, and I'm like... Look at her facial ex expression. Yeah. Wow. Like, and I didn't see it this morning. I only saw it when I yeah. focused, you know, and consciously. It isn't even a focus. It's more, more like panning out, right? Yeah. You know, you pan, pan away from the connection and look at it and then come back in again. And, and that's what keeps me sort of, um, keeps my, my frontal lobe active, I guess. I don't know. You know, there's something for the brain. But that's, that's that point of really being consciously present and, and seeing them, um, you know, your children. You know, I, I had a moment on Saturday, actually, where I just saw a, 
as if my eldest who's seven and a half, gosh, his face has changed. He's yeah. got that little bit more mature. He's that little bit more grown up. But I didn't consciously put my attention to it. I just happened to notice it. And I think, wow, what a difference that would be if I consciously oh my God. looked to it's, see them. Every day you see something. You yeah. know, every day. And then, and then I talk to him constantly too. Like when I, when I go to school, I always give him a big hug and a big kiss and said, be the sunshine for everyone else. You know, that kind of stuff. Like Brilliant. be that person that's, you know, that's polite and, 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 you know, don't take any shit, but, you know, yeah. be that person who's polite. And it's um, <clears throat> be the sunshine, I always say. You know, and mm-hmm. they, oh, we know, daddy, we know, you know, but, <laughs> you know, and they're like turning their head to not to kiss because they're embarrassed and stuff, you know, five and six years old. Yeah. And, but, you know, I think the one thing that keeps me the most conscious of all, and this is, it really bothered me for many years until I realized that no, actually it's the reason that I am so conscious is that I'm 53 turning 54, right? My wife's 32. My kids are five and six. My trains yeah. are coming before theirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that keeps me very conscious of what I want to leave behind with my children and the experiences that I want them to have. Yeah. I'm so making the most very of conscious that. and people are like, well, it's morbid. And I'm like, I thought it was at first too, but no, it's, it's a positive. It really is that I can see my kid. And I think about it every day, which is horrible in a way, but it keeps yeah. me so conscious with my kids. It really, really does. That's powerful. My wife's powerful. Too. Yeah, that is powerful. I wanted um, to transition the, the the topic over into the work that you do now within business, both with your clients, but also in terms of the acquisition journey. Right. Um, and you have a particular strategy around business acquisitions where you uh, you take a minority stake and you work in a Wibbo, work in buyout. But do you want to share a little bit about the journey to the point of wanting to get equity stakes in businesses and how you started to to get proficient in it and to the point that now it's it, it, it's a fl- it just flows for you you're yeah you're, you're making me sound like a genius um uh actually it was more like a mistake than anything else um yeah um <laughs> so let's see so it was a client really nice company really interesting i knew i could kill it for him right as a consultant because that's what i do i'm a turnaround consultant but they couldn't afford me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, how about some equity? I'll lower the price. And they're like, how much? I'm like, 10%, right? And this much, like half of my fee or whatever it was. And they're like, okay. And I said, but I want commission too from the people that I introduce that are going to sell your product too. It's like, how much? 5% net. Oh yeah, we can do that. Boom, Weibel was born. You know, <laughs> I was like, you know, it was, I didn't even, I, I, I did it so I could get them as a client and profit from my contacts yeah. as a consultant. So as a consultant, typically you get a fee, you go in and you do your thing. But my strength is my network. I have a massive, massive network. And I know that when I have a solution for somebody, well, this is how it works. So when I talk to somebody and the first time and I hear about their business, whether they're selling, buying, or just want to turn around or just need some consulting, I don't have anything in my mind. This is where creating space comes in. I show up wholly and fully for that business person in front of me. I have no preconceived notions, no cookie cutter solutions, nothing in my mind at all about what may or may not come out of that meeting. I have one intention and that is to create value by, by solving problems because the outcome doesn't even matter because I can't control it anyway. All we can control is the intention. So my intention is let me solve these problems for this guy or this guy, this, this business owner. Yeah. So what happens is we're sitting there and I hear the problems. So I ask five questions, right? Where are you at right now? What's your status? What challenges are you having, right? What are, what's the challenges you're having right now? What have you tried to overcome those challenges? Yep. Why do you think that didn't work, right? And where do you want to go? Those are the five questions I ask. And once I have that, 
um, you know, sorry, my wife's writing me. Um, once I have that, they have just told me all of their issues, all their problems, what they tried, why it didn't work. So I don't have to repeat that, right? So I know exactly what the problems were. And then typically I'll say, you know what? Give me a week, I'll get back to you. I go away and I find the exact solutions that they need, exactly. They, they needed to shoot like this, this, this American or this uh, Austrian company wanted to manufacture in America and sell to American government. So he needed a manufacturer, a distributor and a government contractor. So I went away. I found him every single one of those things. I came back and said, hey, thanks for the talk last week. These are the three issues that you came up with. Here's the three solutions I got. And he's like, oh my God, really? Yeah, really, really. Well, how can we work together? I want an upfront fee for the introduction. I want a, a retainer for three months to get the deal started. I want 7.5% equity for the deal. And I want commission on all the sales made through the, through the distributors. And he's like, bet, done. Why? Because I solved his problems. And he was like, my God, this guy's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So I didn't pitch, sell, you know, even talk about a structure of a deal or anything until I came back with solutions that he could not say no to. Number one. Number two, I also have a clause in there that I have the, I have the specific right to sell out those, those shares in three years, guaranteed. Like there's companies I'm in, I'm the only one that has that. And they're like, how can he get that? Oh, here, here, here's, here, here's another thing that I do. So everybody's like, yeah, but the lawyer's fees to write up the contracts. And it, I have a one-page agreement. Here with Stephen Cohn, this is what he get, a retainer, commission, monthly, whatever, right? All the written down, they sign it, done. I get a copy, they get a copy. We can start working the next day. And yeah, they yeah. draw up the contracts. They draw up the contracts. They send it to me. I know which two paragraphs I want to put in. That's that drag and tag and 100% shareholder um, uh, you know, decision-making process. Those are, those are two ones that I put in. And it, it so happens that literally I did it uh, in March last year. And now I'm being dragged to a larger corporation from one of the companies I own. And I have the same amount of shares in this larger corporation as I did in, in, the, in the shorter corporation because of the drag and tag. So, you know, it's like, wow, pretty cool. And now I have a buyer already for that larger corporation, which is going to, you know, so Amazing. it's just, it's, and, and, and I, another thing I do is I don't take any active role in the company. Okay. I will manage who I bring in, the contacts I bring in, you know, the distributors or whoever they are, I'll manage it to a certain point for three months and then it's up and running, done, off you go. And so, you know, if they need something, then they get back to me and then we figure something else out. Again. And at the core of this is a, you, you're solving not just a generic problem and having a generic solution. It's their specific, in that case, three separate problems. And then you're, you're really, you've obviously nurtured and, and worked your network over a period of you know, years and then you, you're tapping into that network. Yeah, I have people calling me, Stephen, what do you got, man? You know, what do you got? I mean, I, like, you have any deals? What do you got? Because they know that when I take a deal on, it's something that I know that I can solve. Yeah, yeah. And so they're like, hey, where can I get this? Where can I get that? Do you have a deal that does this? Do you have a deal? I'm looking for a company that does this. Another Austrian company, they have a spray, uh, a weapon spray. It's made out of, I think it's porcelain powder or something. And he's like, do you know anybody in America that could sell it? I'm like, I think so. So I called my buddy. He's like, oh my God, you got that? We, oh my God, that's amazing. We heard about that. You can get that? Yeah, okay, done, deal. Brilliant. You know, you know a fee up front. Um, and actually he, he was pretty shrewd. So he got a, we got a fee up front and I wanted, uh, I wanted uh, 5% over three years of the revenue. He said, no, no, how about 3% over five years? I was like, all right, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, you know, yeah. and 5% and equity. So, right. I mean- you know, and all, and what happens is in America, someone American company is going to find it and love it. And they want to buy the company. I'll broker the deal. 
probably through my guy. And then I'll get an, I'll get a big, another big chunk of it and whatever, who knows what happens. Like, I don't try to preconceive anything because the solution has to be 100% fitting for them. You're talking to their emotions, right? You're talking to what's inside of them, their wishes and wants and desires, right? This guy, I want to go to America. I want to manufacture in America. I want to sell to the American government. That's my dream. That's what I want to do. Right. And if I come in and say, you know what, we can do a Weibo and I can walk in and I can do it. I can do that. I can do that. I can do No, look, this is what I got. This is what's going to happen when we work together. They're ready to go. They sell your product. They understand your product. And then and they can do everything that you want them to do. Done. Yeah. You're making it about the no. solution, not about a deal yeah. structure. They can't say no. They cannot yeah. say no. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, and I've done it over and over and over and over again. I think it's like 20, 20 plus times already that I have equity in these companies. Yeah. Some of them turn out to be nothing. Some of them go broke. Some of them get sold out, you know, and then they, you know, whatever dilution, whatever. And what do you do to keep your network alive? Cause obviously it's a, it, it's, it's an impressive network by the way you're describing it. And yes. there's a lot of people in that network, but though like any relationship, they need to be nurtured. So do you have a, a do you have a way that you've managed to keep that network alive or? Well, it's integrity, isn't it? So, you know, people, pe- pe- people know your word is your bond and I I'm hardcore on that. I and mean, if you say, you know, if we have a call and you don't show up, then, you know, that's probably your last chance, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to be an ass or anything, but it's just like, look, man, you know, um, I can have a checklist. Like, I agree to show up for this call as I respect your time. They check it. And if they don't show up, it's like, come on, you, you read yeah, it, yeah, you yeah, check yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so my integrity is like at that level. Sure, I make mistakes, but real integrity shows itself when you make a mistake, how you make it better. Yeah, right? yeah. That's where real integrity, everyone can say, all right, I'm integrity. I can, you know, me, I'm full of integrity. Okay, when you screw up, that's where it really shows itself. So that's where I'm really hardcore, number one. Number two is I'm always, and I mean always, introducing people to each other. Like even us, when we when we talk and I get and just one or two words, I know what you need. I know I, I, know, I know somebody. Mm-hmm. And I'll just put you two together. Great. And so it's just what I do constantly, every single day, every single day. I mean, I, I work old school, so I have notebooks. Every call I make, I have, I have a list. So I have who it was and what date, what they need, and what I can provide them with. And then I'll just, like right now, when I'm done, I got three emails to send, I'll cross it off, done. Okay. You know? and, and everything I do to, to lower my workload, everything I do has an answer required or an action required. So I don't have to write it down. Okay, I send an email and I'm waiting for an answer. No, because if an answer comes back, I know what I have to do. If not, I don't have to worry about it. All right, so I'm, I'm lowering my workload that way too. But by the sounds of things, because you've, you've developed this, through integrity, through your network, um, you've developed a reputation of delivering solutions to problems. You're not going out and sourcing deals. They're coming to you now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't, I haven't ever sourced one deal. I mean, right now, Jesus, I was at a, I was, I was in an investor meeting. I got an investment fund in the, in the US. They do real estate and MA. So I've gotten into real estate because I have access to them. And they're like, do you have any real estate deals? I'm like, one second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Found a few and now I'm back. So. <laughs> Um, and, uh, they wanted specific real estate deals and specific zones and I got them for them. And so when they, when, when, when they go through, I, you know, I get a piece of the pie, I get a piece of the, you know, real estate, some upfront cash, whatever. Um, and, uh, they, they said, well, we need deals. We have a large amount of money. We need to invest. I'm like, okay. What do you need? He told me. So I came back the next week with 10 deals. Wow. And he's picked up, he's picked up seven of them right now. He's looking at them. One of them is a company that I'm going to buy myself. Um, and this week I've already got six more for the day, day after tomorrow. He wants more deals. Yeah. And so you're, like, you're and farming those out of your network. Yeah. They just like, I have like right now, I, I literally somewhere on my, in my emails, I have 20, 
20 projects that someone sent me in the last month. Amazing. I'm like, look, look, I can't promise you. Cause this is what I say. If I don't get back to you, it's a no. If I don't get back to you by this time, it's a no. So I don't have to write back and da, 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 da. It's like, this is the deal from the get go. You know what the deal is. If I don't get back to you by this date, it's a no. So I don't have, they don't have to wonder that communication's clear. It's that it. I said, put it, a reminder in your calendar and it's done. You can call me if you want, but it'll be a no. Um, and so these, these things build up. And now that I have this guy, I'm like, okay, just go to go with all of them and see what they want. And I'll be, I'll be damned. There's some ones that they want that I never thought they wanted. Brilliant. Like virtual fishing app competitions. Like you want that? Amazing. <laughs> it's huge. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that, yeah. that's, that, that's pure investment, you know, and for investment, for instance, the one was an app with a subscription. This is a great deal here. If it goes through, it's a subscription based app, sports sort of related. And I'm going to get uh, uh, 2% equity just for the introduction to the, to the, to the intro. 2% equity, 5% of the fee raised as a consulting fee, of course. And, uh, you know, consulting, not investment relations. Yeah. And uh, a royalty. Nice. For three years. I'm like, yeah. When that That's works, nice. Yeah. And why not? And they're like, well, we never heard this before. I'm like, yeah, yeah. give it a shot. Because my contract, my agreement is one page. It looks so simple. They read it. It's clear. It's like, oh, he's not tricking us. He's literally telling us what he wants. All right, we're going to sign it. And they sign it. <laughs> and then they get their legal teams to pull together the proper contract. That's effectively yeah. just ship one page of your heads of terms, but they, they yeah. pull together. Yeah. Well, no, my, my agreement is legal. It's a legally binding agreement. Yeah, it's not, it's not just a head of terms. It's literally, uh, it's like a head of terms, but it's my it's my agreement. It's got two legal clauses there, you know, where the the court is and that kind of stuff. But that's it. You know, it's illegal. You know, today nowadays, uh, you know, unless someone uh, is in on the outset to to screw you over, the contract's typically very long yeah. to screw you over because they they want to mess you up with words you don't understand. Yeah, a short one is like, all right, and that'll hold up in court. Hell, an email holds up in court these days. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. And do you, um, all, all of your work now in terms of the turnaround stuff, you, you look for an equity piece in that or do some of the, depending on the, the solution Depends. required? If, if, if I can solve a problem for them other than just my turnaround, like, you know, that digital marketing agency, they need clients, mm-hmm. right? I'll get them five clients in a week, but I want a piece of that. Yeah. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like I had a guy, <laughs> I tell you who it is, but he's like, dude, man, I want to make your, your landing page for your turnaround consulting. And I'm like, I don't really need one. I don't, I don't ever use the internet. It's all word of mouth. He's like, oh, you need one, you need one. I'm like, how much? He goes, 10K. I'm like, yeah, right, okay. And he said, look, I'll do it for you, man. I'll do it. I'm like, look, what do you need to make it happen? He goes, three referrals. I'm like, all right. It was two days later, I had three referrals, done. But the reason I could refer him <clears> is because I know his work and he was amazing. Yeah. Now, these guys that I've referred him to were two veterans and some other guy, and these veterans are over the moon. Not yeah. only that, but I helped him structure a deal. So now he owns part of the company that he's got the contract from. Nice. Right. So I've got him into MA as yeah, a digital yeah. marketing agency. Like yeah, digital yeah. marketing agents tell me all the time, like, go, oh, they can't afford us. I'm like, look, if they can't afford you, lower your price, take equity. Mm-hmm. You're guaranteed buy out after three years and done. And they're like, Brilliant. you can do that? No, you can. You just ask. People are always looking, looking for a way that won't hurt them right now. Right. And if you could serve them at a lower price, give them what they wanted, and they give you a little bit of equity, almost anyone will do that. Those who go, what are you trying to rip me off? See ya. You know. Mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with that, but yeah, it's a solution for so many that, and I, I mean, that's what I do every, every Wednesday, you know, I have the Harbor club coaching call. We have sometimes 50 people in there typically 20. Um, 
This is all we talk about. How do you do this? How do you do this? How do you do this? Over and over and over and over and over and over. That's how it is. And these guys and gals who've been in there from the very beginning, they've made leaps and bounds starting from zero knowledge, just like I did in December, 2019. I went to the first course about M&A. Didn't know anything about it. I was already doing these deals, but I didn't know they were called Wibos and I didn't know it was called M&A. <laughs> it was just me making more money, right? So, you know, and then I went into Harvard Club. And I'm like, huh, I can do this. I closed a deal on the weekend, the second day of my, of my, of my course. In London, Fantastic. on the phone, close the deal. Yeah, because I was like, "Oh, I can do this. I've already got a deal set up. I was going to do it this way. Now I'm going to do it this way." Boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, the key is you're solving a problem, but you're not being greedy about the equity, are you? No, 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 yeah. no. Matter of fact, I had a girl in Australia. She's like, um, "Oh man, oh, please, you know, I'd love to. I will pay you a retainer. I can't afford the retainer. Can I pay you half?" And I said, "Okay, but I want some equity." She's like, "How's thirty percent?" I was like, thirty percent." So I calculated. I'm like, "Look, we got six months to do this deal." right? Because we got a buyer in six months. If I take 30%, we got we to go seven and a half months just so you could make the money that you wanted in the first place. So let's stick at 10. Yeah, and yeah. I'll just jack it up a little bit. She's like, you're turning down equity? I'm like, no, I'm turning down work. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. turning down the work, man. That's, that's another month and a half. I know. Uh, you know, we're square. And she's like, wow, that's amazing. And now we're like this. We're partners in that business. And we're partners in real estate now too. And we're raising funds as well. I mean, it's just because the thing is this, I think of the long term. I don't know. Oh, I need money right now. I want to. If someone says, no, Steve, I don't like it. Like, okay, what do you want then? What would work for you? And if it, no, all right, cool. No problem. And, and, and that way I'm building a relationship and people ask me, how do I build such a relationship or, you know, such a, 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 a net network? Well, that's how, because I never screw anybody over. I'm honor, honoring my word, whatever they want. I want them to feel comfortable with me. I don't ever want them to have that feeling there's a push and pull. Create that space, show up, solve their problems, make them happy, thumbs up. Everybody goes to the bank, everybody wins. Love that. Love that. Stephen, if anybody wants to find out more about what you do, whether it's to help them solve their problems, they want to get hold of your book, uh, if they want to do a deal with you, whether it be in business or in real estate, how do they get hold of you? Um, probably the best would be, oh, you know, you can put it in the, in the, in the, in the, in the show notes. There's a sure. page I have, it's called pivot.steven-coon.com. Yep. And uh, pivot.steven-coon.com. And that'll take you to my like booking page for turnaround and things like that. They just want to get a hold of me to talk about, and I, I prefer that because then, then they have, um, you know, the questions that they can answer. So I know a little bit about them. Whereas just a blind call would be sometimes difficult. But if you're in a Harbor Club, join us on Wednesdays at uh, 1400 GMT or 1500 Central Eastern European time or 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in America. Um, just join us for one of those calls. You'll, you'll be blown away. It's amazing. Amazing dynamics, amazing team. Fantastic. Yeah. Brilliant. Stephen, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. It's a huge hey, amount I've, of value covering a lot of different hey. subjects. My pleasure, brother. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Business Mastermind podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success and create more impact.